Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. Tonight, we are recapping the week's nerdy news from Arkham Asylum to the Astral Plane and everywhere in between. My name, of course, is Mike Gibson. With me, as always, of course, is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? I don't know. I don't know at you all, Mike. Know. I've been out of wow. the loop for about three or four days with no nerd yeah. news. So uh, reading this wow. recap was the first time I've heard a lot of the things we're going to talk about tonight. So Wow. All right. Yeah, we uh recording a day late. Steve was out of town this weekend. So here we are with a, a week and a day's worth of nerdy news, although I don't believe anything really happened uh, today that I added to the list. So. Yeah, not that I've heard. So Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we got some uh, some small DC stuff, a little bit of Marvel stuff, a little bit of uh, Jurassic Park slash World stuff, and some comic stuff, as always. Um, but right off the top, we are closer and closer every second, every day, closer to Syracuse Collectors Con, March 16th and 17th at the Horticulture Building of the Great New York State Fair. Steve and I are going to have a table. I'm going to have a table selling comics. Those two tables will be directly next to each other. So you don't have to walk too far to see both of us. And I don't have to walk too far to to visit both of the tables that I'm responsible for. (laughs) Um, So you can come and say hi. We'll be uh, doing some recording things and having some other fun stuff at those tables. Um, Get your tickets uh, on the website, Syracuse Collectors Con. You can get your tickets at Funky Town Comics, who sponsors this podcast, by the way. Check them out. Town Comics and Vinyl, Camillus, New York. Um, how was your trip, Steve? You were skiing. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Got uh, got some solid skiing, uh, skiing in, and some solid uh, water park time for the kids. So it was a, it was a great combination. An indoor water park, park, I assume. Yeah, they have an outdoor one there too, but it was a little on the frozen side. Probably a little too cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well. Starting off, before we dig into all that news and updates, uh, starting off with um, an RIP, unfortunately. Uh, Ramona Freyden died this past week. Uh, Ramona was a comic book artist and cartoonist. She was 97 years old. She began her career in 1950, started working for DC Comics. She was uh, most known for her work on Aquaman. She co-created the character of Aqua Lad and metamorpho um uh, metamorpho who will be making his live action debut next summer in superman legacy co-created by ramona freyden uh she also worked on superman batman plastic man and the weekly newspaper comic strip brenda star um she like i said she passed away at the age of 97 and she only retired last month up until then she was still taking commissions um, through her website and uh, occasionally still doing covers for DC and then inserts and things um, and anniversary issues, things like that. I know she did a cover for Tom King's Danger Street um, recently or one issue of that. And you know, she's got a great kind of like classic cartoony 1950s style. Like if you see it, um, oh yeah, it just looks like a vintage style. And it, it's, it looks that way because it is because she started drawing in 1950. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she never stopped. She's just an artist till the end. So um, great respect 
and um, uh, I don't know. Great respect and thoughts go out to Ramona Freyden, wherever she may be, and uh, her family. Um, R.I.P. Indeed, Ramona. Um, speaking of DC, uh, this has been happening for a while, and I just heard, um, you know, listen to the as I do often listen to the Hot Mike podcast talking about continued rumors of a Warner Brothers sale, meaning that, um, uh, I don't know, this is Warner Brothers has been bought and sold like a million times, I feel right. like, in the last couple years. It hasn't even been that long. Uh, they used to be, they bought by AT&T, and then AT&T sold them then the, to the Discovery merger, and now Zoslav's in charge, and they're looking to maybe offload Warner Brothers again or sell everything to another. Um, reports and rumblings are saying that Universal is looking to acquire and or merge with Warner Brothers. Um, uh, Warner Brothers have been announcing a lot of kind of big, uh, splashy news and celebrity deals, you know, uh, exclusive deals with Tom Cruise and Margot Robbie have just uh, signed in the last month or so. Uh, they keep talking about the Harry, this Harry Potter series that there's a lot of buzz about, although yep. Steve and I don't talk about that because um, we are anti-turf. Um you know, all like James Gunn's DC stuff, like they're announcing all this like big splashy stuff and people are starting to say like, oh, it's possible that they're announcing all this stuff so they look like a more attractive sale, a more attractive company to buy. Like, oh, they're worth the price that they're asking because they have all these cool things going on. Um, I have no control over or not whether David Zoslav sells Warner Brothers. No. Um, but I hope if it gets sold, Whoever buys it doesn't do anything with the thing, the stuff that James Gunn has going on at DC. Just don't interfere with that. The ball is rolling. Let you him know keep they cooking. will, right? I mean, I don't know they will, <laughs> but I think it's it scares me. I'm yeah. like, I'm just really, I'm really sick of all these characters that I love so much with my whole heart being either owned by people that. Uh, don't understand how to use them or don't care about them or don't even really like them or appreciate them at all. Yeah. I feel like with James Gunn, fine, like maybe you like James Gunn, maybe you don't. I think it's hard to argue that he truly loves these characters and whether or not you agree with his vision for them, which by the way, you don't even know because we haven't seen anything that he's done yet. But like whether or not you like his movies or whatever, I think if you read any article, him talking about like, he has a passion for these characters. He grew up reading the comics. Like he is a fan and that a fan is what uh, Kevin Feige is to Marvel. A fan is what DC has needed. Or what in... James Gunn was to Marvel with Gar like who else exactly, would have yeah. pitched a guardians movie? Yeah. Well, he didn't pitch it, but he or, took well, the who would have taken, yeah. yeah, taken it and ran yeah. with it. And made um, it as good as he did. Made the whole trilogy as good as he did. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, so, uh, also Warner Brothers. Uh, my my personal favorite in the Warner saga of who owns who was the early two thousands. If you remember, uh, it was the glory of then high flying America Online. Oh yeah, that's right. It was yeah. AOL Time Warner for a while. AOL Time Warner. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow, when they were like. A corporation that oh when was aol something. was a thing <laughs> yeah. like this this is just about just post when we were getting cds in the mail every day insane they were like so powerful now they're just like another website another like janky email server now it's an email server that i make fun of people for still having yeah yeah like 
My father-in-law has a Juno email. Wow. AOL yeah, is wow. in that bucket with Juno of like, yeah, really? You never changed what that? What are you still doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wild. Um, anyway, so no real news, just like something to mention that uh, it's out there. And I don't know. I, I mean, if they're going to merge or be acquired by somebody else, I guess I, I would rather it be something like Universal that is another uh, movie studio and not something else like Discovery, which was a reality TV show uh, station. And yeah. uh, you can tell, you know, you can tell the differences in what Max looks like now than what it looked like before they merged with Discovery. And you can tell uh, what happened there. Um, so I don't know. We'll see if obviously if anything gets announced, we'll talk about it here. But just just a rumbling um, another kind of minor DC story, but was making the rounds this week that we touch on uh, Joker Folia Du sequel to Joker. Um, as being reported, the, uh, the budget of, of Joker Folia Du is being reported. Um, the first Joker film, an R-rated movie that only cost sixty million dollars, six zero million dollars, went on to earn over a billion dollars at the box office which is part of the reason that they wanted a sequel so badly because that was, you know, just so much, so much, so much profit coming out of that movie, losing yeah. dollars, uh, highest grossing already movie of all time. I believe, you know what? I think it uh, stole it from. Deadpool, yeah, I think, I think it might've. Yeah. Um, you know, what makes sense when your low budget film made a boatload of money? What Steve? Removing a ton of that profit margin by putting it in a $200 million budget bracket. $200 million is reportedly the budget for Joker Folia 2. $200 million. Now, the the article that I read that talked about this, I think it was Variety or something that was reporting this, saying that that price tag is largely thought to be because uh, of the musical aspect of this film. Now, like a year ago, it was announced that this movie was going to be a musical, which sent my heart a soren i gotta say um because just what a wild twist and turn to to sequelize a movie like joker and make it make the sequel a musical insane such a batshit decision i cannot wait to see this movie um uh but i feel like you could make a musical for less than 200 million dollars i feel like i don't know I don't know what's being padded, but I think something's being padded and something tells me it is executives' pockets that are being padded. Um, but hey, who knows? May, if it comes out and looks like a $200 million musical movie, great. I will, great. If the money's on the screen, great. But uh, if, you told, like, if you told me Joker to cost $200 million, I'd say, why? There's right. no reason that movie costs $200 million. So, I don't know. I know Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga, I'm sure they're getting good paydays, but they're not getting, you know, over a hundred million dollars each. <laughs> like that's just an insane markup, an insane markup. But we shall see. We shall see on October fourth, two thousand twenty-four. I keep forgetting that movie coming out this year. That's a this year movie. Wild. Yep. Um, Steve, uh, any thoughts on Joe? Oh, you haven't seen the first one. I still, still haven't seen right? the first one. Do you think you'll see the second one? No. No. Okay. I mean, I feel like right. I can't see the second one without seeing the first one. Hmm. I feel like I'm more intrigued by the second one just for reasons right. you mentioned, yeah. but also like, eh, I don't know. I mean, 
I didn't hate the first one. I thought it was fine. No, but the I don't know. It was one of those where it was like I feel after and this is strictly from me reading reviews and whatnot of the first one. Mm. My my brain is like this movie could have literally been anyone besides the Joker and still um, been the same movie or a very similar movie. And they just happened yeah. to paste that on there for for reasons. So, like, what are they doing with the sequel? I mean, it's a Joker movie because they say it is. Right. And, you know, like, there is a tie. There are ties to, like, the Wayne family. It takes place in Gotham City, you know. Right. Um, but you could have very, uh, uh, just as easily made a generic movie about some dude with a mental disorder in, you know. Yeah. Hoboken. Yeah. Yeah. And it's but the same did... movie. Literally the yeah. same movie completely from what I can yeah, gather. I feel like I've heard that argument before, but don't you think that you could do that with just any movie? Like you just make a movie about a farm boy with a laser sword and not call it Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can just do that. You could. <laughs> but like I I don't know. It it seems like there it seems like there's something else that adds to that like even even people well, in the industry it seemed like the the reaction was Joaquin Phoenix played an awesome character yeah, and it was incredible. the Joker because they said it was the Joker I think I mean to kind of uh uh reinforce your point um I felt like part of the reason that I didn't love it was because it took me seeing that movie to realize Oh, I don't think I care about the Joker unless there's a Batman around. Right. Like, well, that's I Brian. Like, Brian in the chat yeah. just mentioned it's a movie about a crazy guy, but he's a clown, so it's the Joker. Yeah, and without a like, it feels less like Joker if there's not a Batman right. to stop him. You know, and in this in that movie, there isn't, and Bruce Wayne is a child. So, um, if they go down that route, by the time he's old enough to be Batman Joker would be like in his sixties <laughs> probably, yeah. which doesn't seem like it would be accurate or like worthwhile or a worthy fight or anything. So like for me, it was like, I, I, I felt like I, like I was fine with it being a Joker movie in any way, but I was just like, it's just not really working for me because I miss this aspect. Like the Joker fighting Batman is a big important important part of his character for me and if there's no batman doesn't really feel like the joker um but conversely i also heard a lot of people complain that they thought all the references to batman and gotham and the waynes were like ham-fisted and shoved in there and would have rather them not be in there i was like well it's a joker movie like if you take all that out then it definitely is what you're right. saying <laughs> like it definitely is a movie about a guy with clown makeup on yeah um you no, might as well call no, it like Ronald McDonald if there's no <laughs> if there's no Batman references. I was just like, give me the Batman re- so I'm you here have, you have for Grimace, the Batman references. You have Grimace instead of the penguin and <laughs> Yeah. Any, yeah. Why not? Um why not? Yeah, I can just picture the fry guys running around. Uh either way. Maybe. Uh but you know, it, it's funny that I I guess it's funny that that's my hang up because we've been banging the drum of for any of these superhero hero movies, make a good movie. And then right, yeah. add the superhero to it, but it like 
I don't know, in my brain, for some reason, I can't get around the fact that that seems to be all they do, that it was just a reskin. Whereas, sure. yeah. like, what I think more what we're referring to when we say make a good movie that happens to be a superhero film is closer to the original Iron Man, where it was like, oh, okay, this is an Iron Man movie and the essence of Iron Man, and we're making a movie around that versus, like, just make any good movie and right. happen to, like you said, ham-fistedly slap something on it. Right. If Iron Man was about Tony Stark, just like, um, I don't know, learning how to succeed at running Stark Industries. I thought you were going to leave that at running, and I was going to say that was Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh, that, that too. Any, <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, we we want to make a good movie, but we want a good movie that understands that character, right? And uh, and like shows and like gives us a great representation of that character. And in my opinion, it's hard to get a good representation of Joker if he's not trying to kill Batman or trying to you know or if Batman's not there at all at right. all in any way um and if Iron Man was just like running his company and not putting on an iron suit and fighting bad guys then we'd be like this is a bad representation of Iron Man you should not call this movie Iron Man because he's not Iron Man <laughs> like right. there's no he's not doing the thing that we know him to do it's and it's, we know the Joker to fight Batman and this is a direct quote it's almost like making a Craven or Venom movie without Spider-Man who would do that it from, sure is like that. It sure is from like Mr. Rowlands. Yeah. So I am very interested to see Joker Folie a deux, um, because one because it's a musical, two because Harley's in it, and if it's going to be a story about Joker and Harley, then at least that is a more of an anchor to the comic book world and the Batman world and another character that I love. Um. So I'm very interested to see it for that because seemingly even though i can't imagine that bruce wayne or batman is going to be a presence in this movie because harley's there it does anchor the character to some kind of tie to the comics yeah so i'm hoping that that like makes it feel a little bit more jokery to me Um, so you think 140 million dollars will make it more jokery 140 million dollars won't necessarily i'm just hoping that whatever was you know i'm hoping the script will but i don't know we'll see we'll see like i said we'll see february february we'll see it's february now but it's going to be october someday and someday it'll be october 4th and that will be the day that joker 2 comes out wasn't that a great way to say the date that that movie comes out i like to say the date that it is and then talk about how in the future will be a different day and what's going to happen on that day i like to set everything up really long form like that to really suck in the audience so they know what i'm talking about well, speaking um, of long times and things that happened in the past, uh, we're going to shift to Jurassic talk. Yeah, let's talk about Jurassic things. W- things, sure. Yeah. But we're not leaving the DC universe no, just yet, no, my no. friend. But we are talking about Jurassic things. This is wild. Um, this was reported by uh, Scooper Jeff Snyder. He's hearing that an animated film based on the six-issue miniseries called Jurassic League, instead of Justice League, is yeah. in development at DC Studios with James Gunn on as a producer. Uh, this is a six-issue miniseries comic written by Daniel Warren Johnson with art by Juan Gedeon. It takes place in a prehistoric time period or world. I never read it. 
I just saw all the art for it that I thought was awesome. Yeah, this came out uh, like last year, right? It was last year, yeah. Um, Superman is a Brachiosaurus, Wonder Woman is a Triceratops, Batman is an Allosaurus. So it's like the three, you know, DC's big three uh, as dinosaurs. And they're fighting evil versions of dinosaur or dinosaur versions of DC villains. Now, I so, remember the book was yeah. like a rel. It, it's, it wasn't a tongue in cheek uh, romp. It was. It was wasn't it? as tongue-in-cheek as I expected it to be from what I saw and right. heard about it. So it like, like took itself seriously in its in its own crazy dinosaur world, took itself kind of you know as serious as it could. Like, yeah, it wasn't campy. Right. So in my brain, hearing this, it I my my brain media is like, oh, this would be an awesome kid series, but it also does right. not seem like this is going to be the case. I know that's the question because this is all the information that's out there. Um, there isn't anything about tone or script or rating or anything like that. But like, I agree with you. If done in that vein, it could be a great kids movie. Yeah. Um, or it could just be a fun one-off Elseworlds. You know, DC's known for their uh, direct to direct to market animated films this would just be a continuation of that like hey let's do an animated adaptation of this miniseries something what's something fun and different and wild looking um and i'll be interested to see it would be cool if it was a kid's thing but you know it'd also be cool to just see a cool animated movie of batman as a dinosaur um uh, written by daniel warren johnson though i feel like i forgot that aspect yeah. he's the guy that's on transformers right now Yes, which um, I just read issue five of and is still absolutely killer. Right. So that alone um, makes me think that uh, it could be great. And, you know, I the series did get a lot of good reviews. Like, I know people that really liked it or, you know, thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, so uh, not a project I ever thought would be announced. And I guess it hasn't well, even officially been announced. It's just rumored to be in development currently. Well, you so. can you can borrow Brian since uh, Jesse apparently convinced him to get the whole series. Oh, nice! Yeah, awesome, <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I saw articles being like, "Will Jurassic League take place within the DCU?" I'm like, "Are you kidding? No!" <laughs> like, right. I can't. I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that chapter one of the James Gunn DCU is going to feature dinosaur versions of these characters. I um, mean, you never know, but I'm thinking you, exactly. I'm thinking that's you never know. Probably a strong, like that. this is an Elseworlds title. I think it's a strong candidate for Elseworlds and, you know, way down the line when DC starts running out of ideas and pivoting to multiverse ideas. <laughs> Right. Uh, then maybe uh, you know uh, that'll be a snippet in their Doctor Fate in the multiverse of slightly of, less uh, madness. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, David Cornsweet will be fighting a Brachiosaurus version of himself. That'd be cool. Perfect. Now it'd be cool if they got uh, if if it is part of the DCU, then that means David Cornsweet has got a. Uh, voice a brachiosaurus superman because as james gonna said that the live action characters have to do the <laughs> voices of the animated versions too so that would fun. be great 
Um, so I don't know. We'll see about that if it ever gets actually announced or actually moves forward. Moving on to some actual Jurassic, Jurassic things. These stories are short. We're flying through this rundown, yeah. I think, tonight. These stories are, you know, not a huge week for news, but some cool stuff nonetheless. Moving on to some actual Jurassic things. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about how David Leach, director of John Wick and Deadpool 2, Deadpool 2, uh, yeah. was uh, tapped to uh, direct a new Jurassic World movie that Universal is fast-tracking, um, starting filming this year. Uh, supposed to be out next year. I uh, think that they Universal just kind of looked at a calendar, and because of the strikes, and they were like, we don't have a big movie coming out next summer. We got to get something going. And so they uh, were rushing to get this into production. Apparently, uh, David Leach left the project when he realized that Universal wasn't really looking for any kind of creative input. And they were just looking for, as the article says, more of a shooter than an auteur. Like, hey, we already got a script. We're not looking for you to come in and do any rewrites or rethinking or anything. We want to come in and shoot what we already got. We want to get this thing out. Um, He wasn't really down for that. He wanted to put his own stamp on it. So uh, they parted ways with Universal. And now it's being reported that Gareth Edwards going to replace David Leach on the new Jurassic World sequel. He of Rogue uh, One fame? Yeah. Edwards, known for directing uh, Godzilla, 2014's mm. Godzilla, I believe. Yeah, uh, the first the of the out. MonsterVerse movies. Yep, yep. Uh, he's the credited director on Rogue One, although there's been many reports that uh, um, Tony Gilroy came in and finished uh, the third act of Rogue One. Anyway, uh, and he also did last year's The Creator, which had looked incredible. Uh, got some middling reviews, but uh, looked really cool. And they went with him. Uh, they're looking, again, to uh, move quickly to get this thing out. And I guess start, they start shooting in June. So they really had to get somebody on board who could come in and understand what they had going on and uh, get going. So um, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know that much about David Leach to consider him an quote unquote auteur. Um, but I definitely don't see Gareth Edwards as an auteur. So I think if they're looking for someone to just come in and shoot what they got, I think they probably found a good person to do it. Because um, he can just come and do it as a job and bang it out and right. be done. Doesn't have to like stress about, uh, you know, putting his own stamp on it or anything. I, I feel like this is a good, I feel like he's a good choice for a, a Jurassic movie he's worked with he got the godzilla job because he directed an independent film called monsters about like giant monsters attacking a town or something which got him godzilla so he's got experience with uh giant monsters um these would be slightly less giant i guess but uh (laughs) it seems like it's kind of in his wheelhouse yeah and you know uh hopefully all the behind the scenes stuff that we hear about rogue one won't uh be a factor if Universal knows what they want and have a script ready to go. I feel like a lot of that Rogue One stuff was like script changes and trying to figure out how to strengthen stuff. and Right, the rewrites you know. and everything else that came along yeah. with it and how to, right. how to finish, the, finish the script off and what we're doing. And yeah. yeah. There's some kind of like crazy fact where it's like the first, if you look at the first trailer for Rogue One, it's like 20, only 20% of what's in that trailer is actually in the final movie or something. Like they changed really? 
hmm. so much even after the first trailer came out. Yeah, like her running on the beach, holding the plans and stuff. Like oh, that yeah. never happened. Tie fighter coming up onto that tower when she's standing there trying to beam the plans or whatever. Like that didn't happen either. Hmm. Um, I haven't done it. Yeah, myself. No, I, I might have to do that now. Once. There's like a lot in the first trailer that you know the the line about I'm a rebel, I rebel or whatever like that's not in there they just took so much out after they had already cut a trailer it's crazy uh but whatever they did with rogue one they did a great job figuring mm-hmm. it out because damn that movie rules especially the third act third act's great and um, i mean you could have just like you could have you could have had a complete like it was a great movie but you could have had a crap movie and then just had that last you know hallway scene and it would have <laughs> would have uh yeah. made up for about 80 percent of the movie so well, I think that hallway scene was a late addition yeah. too. I think it was, um, again, I think a lot of that third act goes to Tony Gilroy, who I guess he was like working as like an editor or something. He was working he on it. He wrote it. But, oh, he wrote it. Okay, yeah, that's right. He yeah, he wrote, wrote it. it with, yeah. I can't remember who, but like. I think they brought him in to finish directing it is the yeah. rumor. Because he, I mean, he was, he's also, he's a writer and director of yeah, a lot right. of things, including Andor. Including Andor, exactly. Yeah. Um. It kind of puts me back into a place where I'm not sure how much I'll care about this movie, though. I gotta say, uh, I'm I really like the original Jurassic Park movie. Um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we talked about the David Leach getting hired thing about our feelings of the Jurassic Park franchise. I I, I don't think there's a there's no other movie in that franchise comes close to the original. I don't believe I don't I haven't really loved any of the world movies. First one was fine, but whatever. Um, uh, David Leach bring, coming on. I remember saying a couple weeks ago that him being such a like a heavy action director made me think this is going to be like a fast paced, crazy right. action movie with dinosaurs, which sounded great to me. Now being Gareth Edwards, all that's up in the air. Could be anything. Could be anything. But yeah. uh, you know, I don't dislike uh, Gareth Edwards stuff. Like Godzilla is pretty great. Rogue One is outstanding. I haven't seen the creator, but um, you know, based on like. The story with the creator is that the effects look incredible. It's kind of like a, it's like a pretty low budget, lower budget film, uh, like a Godzilla minus one thing. But like, he seems to know how to get a lot of great effects work out of a lower budget, which might be, uh, I'm sure that's uh, another feather in his cap when it comes yeah. to uh, how Stuff Universal like sees him. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, cool, cool. Last news story is a big article uh, moving into some Marvel land. And um, there's a big article from uh, The Hollywood Reporter about Marvel undergoing a creative retooling. That's quite the, uh, quite the phrasing. Yeah, not a reboot, not a soft reboot. Call it a creative retooling. Apparently there's a lot of internal um, shuffling and... Uh, internal changes going on at Marvel. And we knew that a little bit because of like the new rules after like the strike was finalized, they have to hire actual showrunners and writers rooms and things. And they can't just like make TV shows on the fly. Like they had been doing, um, to, uh, mixed results. Um, some examples of this, apparently new writers have quietly been hired both, uh, for fantastic four and thunderbolts kind of, uh, doing like a kind of once over on fantastic four. And I I don't, I don't know how big of a rewrite the Thunderbolts thing is, but um, this article also confirms Steve, something we were talking about. I think last week, Thunderbolts has not 
started filming yet. They will start filming, I believe, in April or March or April, but they uh, have not actually started filming. I think they were close, like we talked about. They were close before the strikes happened, but right. they had to put it off. So getting underway. Uh, article says, quote, the stakes are high, unquote, for Fantastic Four as Marvel is, quote, still searching for characters and actors that will connect with audiences and can carry its universe forward after the exits of Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Um, now, that makes sense. And I do feel like as much as the MCU is an ensemble, I think it was very clear from early on in the days of the MCU that Robert Downer Jr. and Chris Evans are like carrying this flag oh, yeah. forward. They are like the main characters amongst all these characters that you know and love. Iron Man, Captain America are the two main guys moving this thing forward lost both of them and I feel like that I think that's a big reason why a lot of people have felt that phase four and five have been lacking is because we're not like we're not on the hook necessarily for any one or two characters some people look at Doctor Strange some people look at Spider-Man but neither of them feel like leaders necessarily both Iron Man and Captain America felt like leaders in some way I believe and we're kind of without that right at this point um yeah, there's no I real think, flag bearer at this point of like, yeah, this is this is the guy to follow. This is the guy that's you know, right? The, the, yeah, the the draw. Yeah, outside I mean, like, of like Tom Holland Spider Man, but that's not in the same vein. I know it's, it's not. A, it's a and box like office too... draw, but it's not like it's not a flag bearer for the MCU. Yeah, character wise, I can't see Spider Man like leading the Avengers. Um. Right. And I know people have said Doctor Strange. I can't see that either because of the way he just is always portrayed as like a snarky yeah. asshole. And I know Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man was kind of too, but um, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't feel it doesn't feel like the same amount of like drive to uh save himself, save the world, like kind of Iron Man established in that first movie. You know? Yeah. Um. Uh. I think. I think T'Challa could have been there, could have been it. I think that's uh, true. If we hadn't lost Chadwick Boseman, or maybe if they had decided to recast the role instead of not recasting Black Panther. Right. If we still had the character of T'Challa, I think that might have helped. Um, but we'll see. And I think uh, it's all going to come down to how we feel about Sam Wilson as uh, Captain America. Right, we I mean, got a little glimpse of it at the end. But there hasn't been any set off. I, I mean, we've seen what, like, what Carol has shown in the Marvels, in not sure. in not sure. in what yeah. she's shown, but in the, I guess, greater crowd reaction to her, right. um, and the way her character's written compared to various, you know, the better arcs of Captain Marvel in the books, mm-hmm. uh, is a very the way they've taken her character is not going to leave the Avengers. Right. Um, you know, Hemsworth has been played for the comic relief for far too long. I think at this point. Yeah. Banner, they don't have the rights to in a non ensemble film. Correct. So there's a whole yeah. lot of quite like star Lord's not going to be the, the guy. No, it's funny that you, I didn't even think about Thor. Right. <laughs> like I it didn't even come to mind. But he is like kind of the, I mean, he's not the last because like Ruffalo isn't, you know, 
he's still there. Uh, but like you said, he, they can't do a solo Hulk movie because they don't uh because the contract says so. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, Thor could like take a place at like you know the he table. Would, he would probably sit in the same spot he is in like that third slot. Yeah, right. They haven't necessarily set him up as being again a leader. Like right. the word leader is what we need here. Um, and because because I. Iron, Iron Man and Cap were so like we're leading the Avengers and also like leading the audience, mm-hmm. you know, like we were there for them and because we were there for the other characters because of the relationship that they had with these other characters, like the, the main characters. Right. Um, everything now, came from them. At the same time, a Reed Richards or a Sue Storm or whatnot could be that character. Exactly. Exactly. A, you know, Scott Summers or Charles Xavier yep. could be that character. Exactly. I think they're really, really hoping. That's why this article says the stakes are high for Fantastic Four. Really hoping that it hits with audiences. I'm sure there's, I'm sure that, you know, they maybe have thought in the past, like, oh, once Quantumania comes out, Ant-Man's going to be like the guy that people attach to, or, you know, oh, sure, he's going to take over for Black Panther and people are going to rally. And it's like, well, like, the movies just aren't like hitting the way that they used to. And so I don't know, like we're here and yeah, yeah we're watching these movies, but no one feels like they're like, come on, come with us. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Like I'd follow Robert Downer Jr. as Iron Man, like, I don't know, into any battle. Right. Metaphorical battle. That is, um, uh, also in this article it was reported that on a recent earnings call, Disney CEO, Bob Iger has said something that he's, Similarly said before, some of our studios lost a little focus. So the first step we've taken is that we've reduced volume. We've reduced output, particularly at Marvel, so the films you're making can be even better. Uh, Iger also mentioned that out of the uh, MCU films opening next year, he was most excited about Captain America 4, mentioned Thunderbolts, did not mention Blade at all, further fueling expectations, or speculation, I guess I should say, that the film is going to be pushed to 2026 and will not come out in 2025. We'll move away from its release date. Yeah, so, that would fit with what we've been talking about. Of what we've been talking about. I mean, what we've been thinking. Yep. There's no there's no date to resume filming on that movie. They're still rewriting it. And we're getting reports that people are happy with the way it's going. But they got to start soon. Like, yeah. you know, June is a late start date for that Jurassic movie. June is a late start date to get a movie out in 2025 Superman legacy starts this week. Uh, you know, Thunderbolts is going to start this month or next month. You gotta, you gotta be doing it now. If you're going to come out, it's going to be an effects heavy movie. And I still tell me blaze. I had around Thunderbolts just starting now. Crazy. Hitting its date. Crazy. And yeah, maybe it won't because Thunderbolts comes out before fantastic four. Isn't that right? Right. Yeah. And I don't know when Fantastic Four starts, but I don't know. Soon? Like how many? It's got to be soon. It's got to be. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Fantastic Four, this is not in this article, but I feel like we talked about this a long time ago because I, I think vaguely thought it was familiar. Uh, Jeff Snyder reiterating that he still believes, and we talked about Silver Surfer appearing in Fantastic Four. Jeff Snyder still still believes that Silver Surfer. Uh, it's going to be gender bent and will be played by a woman. Yeah, which I think is cool. 
Well, I, I mean, cool. there. I I guess that's the other thing. Is there's a couple ways they could do it. Yeah, like, there has been a female surfer, Juno, right? Back in the day, I believe it's on the thumbnail for our show tonight. Um, awesome. The but so you could go that route, like as long as there there's ways they could do it and keep the neckbeards happy. <laughs> Where you use a character like Juno, who is right. the Silver Surfer, but is also female. What yeah. will piss people off is if they take Norrin Rad and try and gender and bend make, that. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, you know, Snyder, I I did not hear the podcast, but did he say that the Silver Surfer would be played by a woman? Or that it was, you know, uh, the Herald of Galactus would be played by a woman? Because there's been a couple of those as well. They referred, they were referring to this character as the Silver Surfer. Okay. So now that always goes back to, is that a direct, like, or was that something they got fed where there was some nuance that was lost? Because there's been multiple female heralds that don't Mm -hmm. have to be the Surfer. And you could use that to set up an arc where the Surfer either, either the Surfer has already abandoned his post as the Herald. Right. Or is yet to become the Herald. Right. Cool. So hypothetically, you could do this now with the, uh, actually it was the, not not the original Human Torch, the Android, but right. a, another iteration of kind of the Human Torch mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. was a female Herald known as Nova. And then, not that Nova, a different Nova, because okay. Marvel. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, not that Human Torch, but not that Nova combined into the same person uh, was a herald that worked with the Fantastic Four for years. And, well, years. uh, Years in comic terms. Um, And then, you know, use that. And then maybe Norrin Red ends up, like, that herald dies. Norrin Red ends up, you can can spin it off into a Surfer solo movie where... Mm he becomes the herald sure you know what i mean like there's there's plenty of ways they can do it where you're not just gender bending for gender bending sake yeah which yeah i don't care if they do personally i'm just trying to like find a method for them to do it without pissing the people that are going to be the most vocal off well i think if they have a real uh, a real reason to do it and a real vision for it. Yeah. And exactly. they probably don't, they probably don't care if they piss the wrong people off. Right. Um, because it aligns with like their, I, I mean, I hope it's like, like you said, it's not for the heck of it. Just like, no, this, we should do this because it gets us here or it gives us the ability to do this. Or right. To not, show this not or just something. because, Oh, you know what? We want to shoehorn. Uh, the rumor has been Anya Taylor joy, but yeah, like, yes. you yeah. know, uh, Oh, we just want to shoehorn her into this movie. Let's do right. this for Let's that sake. Like, yeah, yeah, that's different than doing it with something behind it. Yeah. Um, Snyder did mention. Someone asked about. They talked about it because one they got a question on the podcast about if this was still attached or if she was still attached to the role of Silver Surfer. And um, uh, I think he said that she, he didn't believe that she was still in the running, but they were still looking to go female. They did also refer to the character as a villain. So, but I don't okay. know if that's just assuming that it's a villain because of the working for Galactus thing. Um, 
like who knows what it's actually going to be. I, I feel like the most, I think the most likely role for the Silver Surfer is to be the Herald of Galactus, but by the end of the movie, realize what they've done is wrong or they can't continue to to do this anymore or whatever. Right. They're, you know, they're they have a change of heart based on their interactions with the Fantastic Four and right. Either so that's 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 abandon... that up the Silver Surfer to appear in other things as a hero later on right either abandon their post or have that realization that it's going to start you can see the the thread starting to unravel there right i feel like i would rather them just abandon their post and kind of go off not like not necessarily definitively become a hero but just like kind of remain on their own at the end of the movie and then develop them later on in a solo movie or some other you know, cosmic Marvel thing. I mean, if they can still, so, if they can already pull off the Infinity Saga without the Surfer and whatever, uh, yeah, here we are. They sure did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I personally don't care. I don't care if they make uh, Norrin Rad a woman or give him a give her a different name or whatever. Like, I'm fine with any of it. Like, I know there's diehard Silver Surfer fans. I'm not one of them. I think it's a cool character. It's a cool look. Um. Uh, I know there's been some great runs of the character out there, but I'm not so. He, he doesn't live in my heart in a way where I'm upset if they right change the character. Um, but uh, I don't. Know. I do think Annie Taylor Joy would look cool, all silvered up. I think she's a great actor, so she could do it really well. But um, who knows? Who knows? All this remains to be seen. Um, and again. I know we talked about this recently, but like Bob Iger keeps touting we're slowing things down. But yo, dude, you got four movies on your schedule next year. So where are you slowing down? Show me mm-hmm. where you're slowing down. I don't know. I mean, besides, he probably knows Blade's going to get pushed. So that's right. only three. And who knows what? Who's only, like, I don't think they mentioned anything about like Ironheart or anything, a show that I believe has already been filmed. I'm pretty sure they're wrapped, sitting, yeah. sitting around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, got nothing, no news on that. Is that so? Like, what else is coming out this year, TV wise? Agatha, that's coming out so, this year, right? Sure. I think and so. is that it? I, I mean, we we got Echo already, and Agatha, and the one movie, oh, the X Men show. Echo, I guess that Agatha, counts, kind of. But the Eyes of Wakanda. Oh yeah, that's right. That's supposed to come out this year, supposedly. Uh, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man or whatever that's renamed to. Yeah. But that's not necessarily MCU. Those are like MCU adjacent stuff. The animated stuff I feel like isn't like right. full MCU. And then Daredevil's not until next year. Not until next year now. And yeah. Ironheart is in And then post. stuff like Ironheart that's like what's happening. Right. You know. So uh, I feel like he knows that more things will get pushed probably including Blade. I'll be shocked if Blade comes out uh, this year or next year. Did sorry. we say was did Wonder was Wonder Man officially filming? Yes, I forgot about Wonder Man. Yes, Wonder Man was filming because um, I feel like I remember a few weeks ago I read that somebody died on set, like a oh there was some kind of accident, or something, and they had to stop production. Yeah, did we talk about that? So, we might have. I don't know if we talked about it. I read it, but um. Yeah, it is filming. But again, that's something we don't hear anything about ever. It's not like they're 
hyping it or dropping hints about it in other projects or things. So I don't know, man. Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? Weird. It's going to be really weird. I mean, it's going to be good. And we've talked about for a long time, Steve, you and me, how we want them to slow down. We want yeah. them to give us less stuff. But it's like if they're slowing down, the quality really has to get back up there. Mm -hmm. Because if they're slowing down and we're just going to get like a love and thunder or a quantum mania twice right. a year, then like people are going to really jump ship. Oh, yeah. Like if you're slowing down, you have to deliver banger after banger to keep us interested. Yeah. And to be fair, the like the next couple that they're, you know, that are currently in post or have been run or whatever, like give me more than quantum mania or yeah. love and thunder. They don't have to all be, you know, uh, Ragnarok or right. like original Honestly, Iron Man. Like, Honestly, I th I think Captain America 4 kind of has to be Ragnarok. Yeah. Like that one has to deliver. Yeah. If that one falls apart and the MCU doesn't have a Captain America that anyone cares about, then they're really screwed, right. I think. Really like, screwed. That, yeah. one, that one really has to deliver. It kind of does. Like it has to at least be first Avenger level. At least. Yeah. yeah. So. At least. And like Thunderbolts, like, yeah, okay, we have, there's a lot of characters that we already know. Do we but I feel like the, the stakes are lower for that one. Yeah. I think. Well, we know them. I didn't say we like them. <laughs> I said there's characters we know. We like, you know, Sebastian Stan. Bucky's in that oh, one. Yeah. So we like him. We like, I Yelena like Yelena. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like, and, and David Harbour is going to be playing David Harbour. Red Guardian. Yeah. Um, Red Guardian's back. U.S. agent. Cool. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> I'm in it for Yelena, and I'm in it for. No, Bucky, at the same time, U.S. Agent, it. like, uh, and and we saw it in Monarch, where Wyatt Russell can do a great job of making you love him and hate him. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, he's great. He's yeah. great. So, so, like, at least be, there's quality there. Yeah. Ghost. Exists. Oh yeah, I forgot. I, I don't of? care about that character at all. Maybe. <laughs> I, I know I'm like. Uh, I, I feel that I am mostly alone in this opinion, but I really don't like Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think is like not a great movie. That's like towards the bottom of my MCU ranking, I think. I think it's been so long since I've watched it that I couldn't tell you whether I liked it or not. Yeah. A lot of people really liked that movie and it was did not work for me. Right. Wait, whatever happened to Lawrence Fishburne? Wasn't he? He was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. He was. He was, what is his name? Giant Man? I mean, not Giant Man. That same as Ant-Man, but Gigantor or something. Like, yeah. Something. He was a guy that grew big. I don't know. Anyway, bring him back. Goliath. There we go. Goliath. Yeah. I thought Thanks, it was, Internet. I, I kept thinking it was a G, but I couldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bring him back. Why not? Not for Thunderbolts, but, you know. Sometime. I just like Lawrence Fishburne. I would like to see him in more things. That is true. He's just about always good in everything he does. Yeah. Uh, we have one comic book related news update. Then we can do some reviews and check in with Steve's Ooh, quest. Did you actually get a review? Sure did, buddy. Oh, boy. Sure did. The return the of the first mat. time in three weeks. I'm back. I'm going to go first. 
because I haven't had a review in a long time. <laughs> I got issue one of a book called The Infernals from Image. Okay. The Infernals. So we're going to be all uh, Image all the I... time this week. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, writers Noah Gardner and Ryan Parrott, a team of writers. Uh, artist John J. Pearson with Lola Bonato. Uh, Hassan Atsame Elahu is on. And uh, yeah, a bunch of teams doing uh, different covers and stuff. The Infernals is about uh, the son of the devil. In 1945, uh, somewhere in America. What's that? I said I've seen movies about him. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, a woman gives birth in 1945 to the son of the devil, literally the son of the devil. And uh, then it cuts to present day with the son of the devil, although being a real uh, live human being and working uh, to sow chaos and disorder and evil on earth. As one does. Um, is an old man and is dying, has oh. cancer. Uh angry at his father obviously for throwing him down on earth and uh abandoning him and then letting him die of cancer but uh he's got some like criminal empire that he uses to sow evil schemes and he needs to leave his evil empire to an heir he has not named an heir so he's looking at his three children to name an heir uh baphomet nero and i can't uh, find the third child's name, but uh, the kids are uh, not necessarily seemingly capable of taking over any kind of criminal empire. They seem to be uh, selfish and working evil in their own uh, right. ways. And so it's kind of setting up this book to be a, can these three um, grandchildren of the devil himself uh, figure out, uh, get their shit together enough to uh, be able to inherit their father's legacy and continue doing the devil's work on Earth. It was cool. Um, nice. It's a cool concept for a book, for sure. I did not know anything about it when I went into it. No clue until I start uh, sat down and started reading it. Very cool. Artwork is great. Uh, it's very... I don't know, it kind of like swings back and forth from very kind of like trippy weird vision kind of stuff like yeah um you know demon devilry stuff to more kind of you know not super clean but like cleaner lines and no, a little uh, more traditional a little yeah. more traditional stuff so um but it was really cool it kind of like turns on the uh the demony stuff at a moment's notice and you know reminds you that you're in a realism kind of uh, story uh, really cool colors plays with like a lot of like lights and shadows and things like that really cool art um, so yeah and then there's a tease at the end about somebody associated with possibly like you know a, a different business or a corporation that is run by possibly uh, some kind of angelic offspring of some kind like some ah. god or I don't know who it is right uh, no names floated so uh, but this is a cool book. If you're in, if the, anything I just said sounds interesting to you, you should pick it up because it is cool. Um, it's basically, it's like, it's kind of like, it's setting up like a crime thriller 
but with uh, demons and angels and stuff like that. So um, right. it's pretty cool, like kind of melding those two genres. Infernals, number one, available right now at Funky Town Comics and Vinyl. Go check it out, people. Nice. Steve, what do you got? So last week I did, uh, what was it, the the One Hand? Was that the name of the book? I, yep. Sounds familiar. That yep. uh, Ram, Ram V's uh, yeah, latest that, joint. So right. I believe at the end of the review, I had tossed out that the sequel to that coming out this week was The Six Fingers. Right, uh, yes. So they're doing a kind of parallel release um, House of X, Powers of X, or Powers of Ten type thing where mm-hmm. they are uh, changing points of view. So this week, oh, Jesse gave cool. me the Six Fingers, which is the first of the uh, books from the antagonist's point of view. Oh. Um, so we get some backstory on the antagonist. This is written by Dan Waters with art by Sumit Kumar. Uh, different, very different feel, very different art to it. Uh, fills in a lot of the gaps from week one. Um you right off the bat kind of get the same hit uh into the same like the same mystery of the uh same lettering that we saw the first yep. week um then it kind of spins back into the background for this guy and what's happening and fills in it, it's because the whole thing is a crime mystery i don't want to really give any sort of specifics sure. because yeah yeah it's going to give plenty of things away, um, but it really does set up, uh, you know, some some unique paneling where they're kind of using, you know, some of the the larger backspace behind it with some inset panels and a lot of black, um, love a lot of dark feel. Uh, I love an, uh, an ink soaked page like that. I oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And it goes from you know early early in the issue, lighter you know lighter characterizations. Uh, progressively darker, progressively uh, falling towards what we figure out later in the uh, book. So, uh, you know, follows along with that noir kind of pulp feel to it um, and fills in some of the gaps from the detective side that we read last week. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. It seems like it's something images kind of tossing out there to try and see if it sticks. And I think it should like both. uh, Normally I don't, you know, uh, gravitate towards that style of book. Right. But with both of these, they've been, you know, very well written, very well drawn and kind of held me to uh, help me to them. Nice. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Pleasant, pleasant surprises. Yeah. I love that. And you can get that. both of our books that we just reviewed at Funky Town Comics and Vinyl, your right. local comic shop in the greater Syracuse area. It's a ton of other stuff. It's true. They have lots. Just not, they it's have not more just than those just these two, two books. Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of other books. Yeah. That's that's all Jesse ordered this week was those two books. Yep. Just shelves full of them. <laughs> <laughs> no vinyl, no toys, no nothing else. Nothing else. All right. Um, that's why they had that big sale this weekend. They had to offload... Uh, these books the rest of it for these books so they had more space for those two books got it yeah what uh how are we doing on your 1000 comic book goals steve what'd you read where are you at so we're at 127 so i'm a little behind the pace Mm -hmm. uh probably gonna catch up about 20 books 
pick it up, pick it up, but, pick it up. You know, that's thank you for putting Goldfinger in my head the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, this week we hit Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Three, uh, Issue Two, by Jonathan Eggman and Marco Chetto. Oh, okay. You may have said that, or you may remember that. Uh, right now, my book of the year is Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Three, Number One. Uh, yes. Still have let it me right. let me tell you, the second book is still cooking hard. That's what I hear. It, it was it was continuing in the vein of exactly how that first one felt. And I was, yeah, blown away by it. Um, Really um, kicking my, it's not often that I, uh, especially since I've started trying to collect less single issues um, to save my wallet and my storage space. uh, It's not often that I find myself um, regretting not buying a book. Yeah. And I remember that Wednesday, that uh that ultimate spider-man came out yeah i was like "Ooh, i should go and grab ultimate spider-man i was mm-hmm. like oh i'm in the middle of something i'll i'll go tomorrow when i went on thursday and they yeah. were sold out yep and then i know jesse tried to order more and they just couldn't give them anymore right. they were like just sold out at the distributor <laughs> yeah. level they were just gone so uh bummer yeah bummer. i would i would let I you borrow my copy but the only copy i have is that cover and no i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna touch that thing no that's only gonna go up that's that's staying in a board and (laughs) board and bag until it uh like it's slabbed either gets slabbed or whatever i don't know but i'm like i have that taped and that's gonna stay taped Mm -hmm. um so yeah that that book is still doing great um very pleasantly surprised i guess not surprised but you know what I mean? Um, happy, just yeah, generally just happy. Generally, it's good. Yeah, it's it's generally pleasant. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's like of, reading things when they're good. Right. Speaking of generally pleasant, uh, Hunger in the Dusk issue six came out. Awesome. Uh, nice. Still continuing. You know, uh, they're following the various cast of characters uh, around and hitting all the points they need to. In mm-hmm. you know this this was a bit of present quote-unquote present day and flashbacks that filled in some gaps and it's basically a solo journey uh through the whole book and you know really you know puts that character in a great spot to move forward so uh i think i think that book is still literally outside outside of the fact that ultimate spider-man has now usurped it as my official number one it is now my number two Wow. Like it's still wow. holding it's still holding that spot, but Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever is going on with Ultimate is just above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, cool, dude. Unique things in the Spider-Verse, the Edge of Spider-Verse number one, which came out last week. That's right. Um, Any good? Yeah, surprisingly, you know, you know, those are they're all anthologies. They've been doing them annually for the last couple of years. Um this one, there was an awesome take on a Spider-Versal character uh, known as Weapon 8. Oh. From the Weapon Program. The oh, cool. Uh, and it's a spider character. Yes. Hmm. It is Peter Parker in oh. this alternate Earth is Weapon 8. Oh, alternate Earth. Okay, yeah, of course. I can't remember what. I think it's Earth 72, maybe. Um, hmm. But this is the debut of 
this iteration. Um, really cool idea. Where Peter Parker is hunting Logan. Oh, damn. That's super cool. Yeah. What a cool idea. So it actually, you know, and there's a cameo by another uh, member of the um, Weapon Plus team that mm. uh, shows up that was maybe or may or may not have been the original Weapon, uh, Weapon 1. Captain America? Yep. Yeah. Good old Steve. Awesome. Uh, so they're, yeah, uh, very very solid concept. Um, there was another, uh, a story in the middle with spider bite in it. That was fine. Mm. And then the third story was a Spider-Man 2099 story that really was again, solid and setting up where some of the Spider-Verse stuff is going to go this year. So I think, uh, I think overall we're, we're in a good direction in, in all things spider, uh, this week. Good to Yeah. Other things that were read, uh, Transformers 5, uh, Rise of the Powers of X, number 2, Ultimate, or uh, Incredible Hulk, volume 4, number 9, and then Wolverine, volume 7, number 43, which is part 3 of the Sabretooth War. Is that going good? Still going good. Uh, This actually, so 2 was like, 1 was a good standout, 2 kind of set some things up, 3 is moving in a good direction. Cool. Um, there is one point where Laura Kinney gets her tongue ripped out. So, oh damn, yeah, things things are happening. Um, that's cool. And then, I mean, all actually, all of these books were very solid this week. Like Rise of Powers is still doing some very weird, very X Men stuff, and then Hulk is still hanging in there with the weird horror thing. Nice. So cool, cool. I still have that first issue of Hulk that you let me borrow. I haven't even cracked it yet. I gotta read through so I can give it back to you. <laughs> I look worried. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, we'll continue cooking along. You read anything uh, this week? No, I read the Infernals number one. I've been uh, doing my February. Oh yeah, you don't have time thing. for anything. So at this point, that's all I'm doing. It's all I'm doing. Yep. Um, well, you know what? You have until at least Wednesday for your poll now. I do. That's true. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that. Well, okay, we'll get to it anyway. Uh, the one piece of comics news that I meant to read before we did our and stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't is that DC Comics are returning to Wednesday releases. That's right. DC began releasing their new comics on Tuesdays in 2020. A truly insane year for, well, everybody. Everything. But also uh, comic book publishing, where because uh, everything was shutting down, and one of the things that decided to shut down was Diamond Distributors, which was at that time the pretty much the only uh, game in town when it came to major comic book publishing distribution. Uh, so DC, once when Diamond announced they were shutting down, DC was like, well, then we're not going to go with you anymore. Bye. And um, went to other uh, distributors. And and to for that reason, and also kind of to set themselves apart from the pack, they started putting out their books on Tuesdays. Um, I know that I don't think all comic book stores abided by that because it was just so hard. It was such a pain to have, um, I think like really big one chains did and stuff like, you know, midtown comics and stuff like places that are open, you know, nine to five, seven days a week. Every single day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, a lot of smaller chains, I don't think would do that because it was just too much work. Um, and that's 
what DC kept hearing. It was like a com- it was a complaint amongst retailers. Say they're switching back to Wednesdays as a result of quote feedback from retailers and readers, and also like you know, are you going to go on Tuesday to get your Batman book and then go back on uh, Wednesday to get your Iron Man book? Like, I don't know. It's like too much. It's a pain in the ass. So they're starting. They're finally going back. Everyone's really happy about it. So Wednesdays will be just straight up new comic book day across the board now. Uh, officially uh, starting on July 3rd, DC Comics coming back to Wednesdays. Speaking of Wednesdays, what's going to be out this Wednesday at your local comic book store? got Amazing Spider-Man number 44, Amazon's Attack number 5, Avengers Twilight number 3, Batman Brave and the Bold number 10, Cable number 2, Canary number 3, Conan the Barbarian number 8, Detective Comics number 1082, Duke number 3, Flash number 6, Giant Size Fantastic 4 number 1, Godzilla War for Humanity number 4, Green Arrow number 9, Harley Quinn number 37, Immortal Thor number 7, Invincible Iron Man number 15, Miles Morales Spider-Man number 17, Penguin, number seven. Power Girl, number six. Punisher, number four. Rare Flavors, number four. Red Sonia, number eight. Spider-Punk Arms Race, number one. Star Trek Defiant, number 12. Star Wars Thrawn Alliances, number two. Uncanny X-Men, number 268. Wolverine, number 44. And Women of Marvel, number one. One shot. Yeah. Any of these on your pull list, Steve? Uh, Duke. Yep. Sure. Avengers Twilight. Wolverine. 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 You doing Uncanny as well? No. So that Uncanny X-Men 268 is a facsimile of... Oh, it is. I didn't uh, notice that. Uncanny, the original Uncanny 268, sure. Volume 1, uh, because of the tie-in to Madripoor Knights. Oh, okay. See, yeah, I didn't... When I wrote down, I I guess it didn't... Usually it says facsimile in the list that yeah. I check. Yep. I don't think it did because I saw Uncanny X-Men. I was like, I didn't realize that they were still putting out Uncanny. I feel like that's a title that isn't currently active. That is true. Um, yeah. Throne Alliances I may check out too. Did you get the first one? I thought you did. I right? did. You liked it? I yeah. did and I liked it. I, I mean, I've read the book, but it's always like, it's nice to see it in graphic form as well. For, yeah, for sure. For what, uh, for what it is. So Nice. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, well, all that and more at your local comic book store. Check that out this week. One one shot for you, wonderful listeners and watchers tonight. Uh, two actually. Oh, Steve, calling an audible. Calling is yours a good closer? Uh, mine's relatively nominal, but uh, I mean, mine's I'll... not a great closer either. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't okay. matter. You can go. I'll go. The crow reboot finally has a release date bill skarsgård will debut as the crow on june 7th 2024 this year come out this year lionsgate bumped a john wick spinoff called ballerina starring anna de Armas, which uh i'm excited about to be honest with you and that got bumped to next year and they put the crow in its place this movie was shot in 2022 so it's just been sitting around for two years i don't know why it hasn't come out yet weird to me that they would wait so long. Yeah, that does seem but, weird. But um, what's that? It does seem weird. Yeah, it seems weird. Uh, like it wasn't, it's not like they moved it from another slot. It wasn't on their release schedule. They moved Ballerina and they plugged the hole with the crow. Does that mean they don't think it's very good? I don't know. I mean, to, um, to plug a summer it's release It's a June. Date, it's a good yeah. date though. Yeah. That's a fire release date. So I don't know. But all you crow fans out there, 
the reboot that has been promised to you for years and years. Yeah. Gotten yet. So many iterations, so many writers, so many stars attached. Jason Momoa at one point going to be there. Now it's Bill Skarsgård, June 7th, 2024. Mark your calendars. I feel Bill Skarsgård much more than I did Jason Momoa as the crow. Yeah, I feel like the crow is a creepy looking character and Bill Skarsgård is a creepy looking guy. Jason Momoa is big and intimidating looking, right. but I wouldn't call him creepy. I mean, like, like you know, Brandon Lee was jacked, but he was like a lithe jacked. Yeah, I, I also think of the crow as leaner. Yeah. Like, um, not as top sure. heavy as Momoa. Exactly. Yeah. Not as like beefy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what do you got? I got uh, an official release window for the Hedge Knight that we've talked about. The Game oh, of Thrones that's right. I saw that and I should have put it on here and I didn't. What's yeah. the release window for a hedge, a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, a Hedge Knight, a Game of Thrones story now available on Ray? That's the full title, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, not quite House of the or after House of the Dragon before, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it will premiere on Max in late twenty or I believe it said late twenty twenty five. So probably Q four twenty twenty five. Casting has not been announced at this point, uh, but we do have an executive producer and showrunner. Um, so yeah, I feel like we'll probably. I mean, we'll get casting news this year if it's coming out next year. I would think so. A pretty soon a show with like that takes that long. To yeah. Film. Now, so something like think... the Hedge Knight is probably going to be primarily practical, so they sure. should be able to pull pull That's that right. off yeah, pretty, no pretty quick. Yeah. So, do you? It seems. Does that article say anything? Or I, it seems like this would go if it's next year because House of Dragon season two is this year. You, does it say anything about? Are, it seems like are they going to alternate years? We're like we'll get House of the Dragon, and then the following year will be season one of Hedge Knight, and then we'll get season three of House of the Dragon the following year. Or I don't know. Yeah, I mean that it doesn't really specify, but I mean that yeah. seems like it would be seems like it would be in HBO's best interest rather than trying to rush out more of one or the other, right? Of just give it a year to breathe in between, and yeah. You know, they've got 17,000 of these spinoffs in production, so... Yeah, I know. Uh, I read uh, part of an interview with um, uh, Benioff and Weiss this week about how two things stuck out. One, apparently they confirmed, I guess this was a rumor, I didn't remember it, but um, the final season of Game of Thrones, the uh, for a while, the original idea was to do a movie trilogy instead of the final season. That probably would have been better. Wrap it up in three movies versus another season of TV. Um, And I guess the people that owned HBO at that time or Warner Brothers or whoever were like, no, it's a TV show. You can't. We're not going to move making a movie. Um, And also, I thought this was insane during a point when AT&T owned HBO, owned Warner Brothers and HBO. Um, AT&T, I guess, once asked them if they could shoot the show vertically so people could watch it on their phones. Hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine that? No. No, I can't. It'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. Especially a show like Game of Thrones, like with those, like, when it was great, those, like, sweeping giant, you know, like, I don't know, the cinematography was just, like, great, like that long, uh, that would have been amazing. And also, I feel like, I don't understand when, I feel like people have, it's not the first time I people said, like, oh, you can watch it vertically on your, like, you can 
turn your phone horizontally and then watch it like that. Like you can still watch a horizontal thing on your phone. Just turn your phone. Is that how that works? Weird. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like I can watch Game of Thrones on my phone right now. It doesn't have to be shot vertically to watch it on a phone. Right. What are you, an idiot? So anyway, I'm glad that thing didn't happen. And you can you also imagine if like just in season five of Game of Thrones, the episodes were just vertical and you're watching them on your TV and it was just like, I don't know. No, crazy no, I can't thing. imagine that. What a stupid um, thing. Yeah. The Battle of the Blackwater is just panning around all yeah, the I know. ships. <laughs> yeah. It'd be the worst. It'd be the worst. Yep. So uh, anyway, glad that didn't happen. I feel like I probably would have liked movies more than the final season of Game of Thrones, so I feel like that would have been. I think we would have liked anything more than the final season of Game of Thrones. I like a lot I like a lot of things more than I like the final season of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and with that, I think that's it. That's all I got, Steve. All I got. Should we wrap this thing up? I think we should. Uh, to my knowledge, let me uh, let me double check this, but I don't believe we've received any new recipe reviews. Oh, so, I don't think we have either. Uh, at this point, you well, I mean, as you can see, we did not eat anything. Uh, however, no, not a thing. I'm starving. I'm starving, people. You're letting me starve over here. In, haven't eaten in ages. I haven't eaten uh, in days. I have. I'm <laughs> since only our last five star review. review. Uh, Last time I ate was two five. Uh, yeah, no. Um, as you can see on the video, that is not the case here. Uh, however, the uh, yeah, where did I go? I completely sidetracked myself. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, yeah. five stars. Uh, if it's a recipe, we'll eat it. If not, we'll still sure read it. Um, we sure will. Beyond that, get a hold of us at the Multiverse Report on your various social media platforms of choice, mm-hmm. primarily Threads, sometimes Blue Sky. Anything else? It's crapshoot. Uh, maybe Instagram, some Instagram, Instagram here and there. Quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. Um, so do that. Uh, if you want to get hold of us via long form, the multiverse report at gmail.com. If you would like to check any and all of those things in an easier form than listening to me rant about them, the multiverse report.com will get you any of those places. That's right. I will also uh, give myself a quick plug. Um, as I mentioned a minute ago that uh, February, uh, I do a thing called the February album writing month where I have to write and record 14 songs in 28 days. Uh, it's leap year. So I get an extra day this year, uh, which I'm happy about, but uh, I have a, so anyway, I have a new solo album coming out. Uh, it's going to be out this Friday, March 1st on my Bandcamp page, carolskid.bandcamp.com carol with a K uh, it's called statues and stones and it'll be out Friday, March 1st. If any of you listening want to hear me, sing and play guitar and whatever all that kind of stuff so i don't talk about my music that much on this podcast but it's there if you're uh, interested in it and there'll be new stuff this friday that i wrote all in a month so yeah please listen to it make all this stress worthwhile (laughs) (laughs) for me um and that's it so with that i will say on behalf of steve holler and myself thanks for watching thanks for listening and we'll see you in the multiverse